When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I made a name for myself. I told you I won't be denied. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. We just got the Roku Channel its first ever sports Emmy nomination for best studio <laughs> show. Day. The Rich Eisen Show. Don't sound surprised. I appreciate that. Act like you've been there before, which we have. Let's take one home this year. Earlier on the show, host of ESPN's First Take, Stephen A. Smith. Coming up, NFL veteran and quarterback coach John Beck. Legendary comedian and author Stephen Wright. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air live on the Roku channel. We say hello to everybody watching us right here. Stephen A. Smith just joined us to talk about the NBA play-in games last night, the ones that are on ESPN tonight that he'll be part of the coverage of. Stephen Wright, the uh, old-school comedian, is joining us in studio in hour number three. There's you at 844-204-RICH, number to dial. If you're listening to us on Sirius XM or Odyssey, or if you're listening to us on this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate, call us. If you're watching us on the Roku channel, call us. If you want to watch us on the Roku channel, we're available on all Roku devices. Select Samsung Smart TVs, Amazon Fire TV, the Roku app, and the RokuChannel.com. Joining me here in studio is uh, a man who knows a lot about what's going on in this draft, certainly with the top quarterbacks available in this year's draft, because they are part of his clients as the private instructor, quarterback instructor for 3DQB, the 40th overall pick of the 2007 NFL draft, John Beck. Here in studio. Good to see you, John. How you, you doing? You too. Doing good. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it. You got your 3D QB yeah, you know, I had on to, right now. You know, you get opportunities like this, you got to kind of show I it. I appreciate that. <laughs> and be careful. Uh, the guy who makes us sound so good over there, uh, my audio executive, as he likes to call it, Mike Del Tufo, he is the king of it's free, it's me. So, yeah. uh, Dude, I agree. One. I agree with that. I'll like, take one. Yeah. I'll okay. Can you trust will me? Get, let me it. get an address and we'll send you something. He'll wear it. He'll wear it because I mean, like Nike's not paying him a dime right no. now. No, he just got the hat for nothing one day. Well, it's good to see you. I appreciate it. I know you. How 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 long were you on the road at at, at what point consecutively? Yeah, this, you know, this time, this of, year, time of year between uh, pro days, the pre-draft prep, and then we still have our our NFL clients. So those guys are getting ready for their you know day when they start OTAs. So we have those guys that were on the road for as well. So. Yeah. So you were because I saw you at the combine. Yeah, that's and, right. Combine, uh, senior bowl, all that type of stuff. So you were, you went from Mobile, and it, so your your home base is out here in Southern California, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. So occasionally you touch back before yeah. Indian before Mobile, and then Indianapolis. Yep. And then the pro days. So yeah. two of your clients we've heard of and significantly heard of over the last six uh, seven weeks: C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. When, when was the first time you, you saw Bryce Young? When did you connect with him, John? 14 years old, I think he was. He was an eighth grader. And uh, he came to our field. I remember he was doing the workout, and one of our other coaches, Taylor Kelly, was like, hey, you got to like watch this kid. Like This kid's pretty impressive for a 14-year-old. And uh, he was. From, like, from, from the get-go, the kid uh, was showed some, some innate skills, some ability to kind of make some throws that were very unique. And then I was also really impressed with 
how quick of a release, how strong of an arm he had at that young of an age. At that young of an yep. age. Yeah, and then you just watched him progress. And he went up and, uh, you know, transferred to modern day. I want to say going into his junior year, started for them for a couple of years, was yes. tops in the country, commits to Alabama. I've been fortunate. I, I, I got to watch a spring game there with him one time. I went out and did some stuff with him. And he's just been special, really, the entire time. And the 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 specialness uh, for Bryce Young and what I, I heard at the Combine so much about was his football intelligence, FBI, as it's been as it was referred to so much, that he he has a unique ability to absorb a game plan and execute it. You got a good story to, that would did uh, about that? John? Yeah. So I'll say this: I've been doing the pre-draft prep stuff for quarterbacks for a while now. Mm-hmm. He's probably one of the. Maybe if not the first guy where I actually, after one of the times I just kind of said, Bryce, hey, like, let's talk. Like, I get the sense that this is so much of what you've already understood. You've already done. And I kind of liken it to if I were to bring somebody that's been in the league for two to three years and put them through the pre-draft process yes. of the thing that we do. We watch tape. We show NFL clips. Hey, have you experienced this? Is this concept new to you? Do you have experience running this? Have you seen this coverage? They're learning as they're going. It was like Bryce had experienced it almost. And whether it's because of what he was exposed to at Alabama, how he absorbs information, whatever they were doing, he is so well prepared right now for the position that that he's in. And so for me, it was the first time where I felt like for him, I might need to do some other things that challenge him because our normal flow for the pre-draft kind of like information acquisition process, it's like he'd almost done it before. And then how how will that translate to a an NFL transition from rookie from uh, college to rookie I mean how how will that manifest itself in a way that teams know it see that experience it whether it's uh, in an interview at the combine or at one of the you know top 30 visits or it's a pro day conversation how will they hear this know this and maybe shoot him further up a draft board because of it do you think well I think they'll sense comfort Uh, you can tell when something's new to somebody uh, you, you can tell when they have experience, let's say putting it on the board. Yeah. A lot of the times in the pre-draft process as a coach, you're putting concepts on the board yes. and you're talking through that. And all the guys at this stage are bright. They all get it. They all understand football. But do they have the experience actually doing it in a game, an 11-on-11 situation, whether that's a game rep, a practice rep, have they played it out? Because here's one of the differences between a young quarterback and a veteran quarterback in the league. A lot of young quarterbacks are smart, but they lack the experience. The veteran quarterbacks, they can tell you, look, That's what the read is, but here's what I do. Or I can get through the progression quicker because I know I can eliminate one this fast. Well, young guys, they don't have that experience yet. Bryce is probably going to be able to get in those positions and say, oh yeah, I've had that experience. I can get off one that faster. I know what I can do here. I know I'm going to have this Will Linebacker's eyes. It's going to be that like almost as if he's played a year, even though he hasn't. And I I think the big thing nowadays with the pro football is when you're drafting the guys high, Mm -hmm. it's no longer about here's our offense, we have to get you up to speed on our offense and you got to do what what we want. I sense more now it's like, let's see what this guy's done before, what he's good at, because if we're going to play him early, it's going to need to be things that he's comfortable with. And so if I have a guy like Bryce coming into my building to be the quarterback, there's so much that he's going to be comfortable with, which helps, especially if you are a young play caller. And I know like there's veteran play callers in Carolina, mm-hmm. but if you're in Houston and you got a first-year play caller, that's going to help to have a guy that has some experience in those different concepts. Right, and you're referring to Andy Dalton being in Carolina. That's what you're referring to, that there's somebody that's there as a veteran. No, I'm presence. saying a coach. 
like a like a like a veteran play caller like Frank Wright like Frank Wright like he's developed quarterbacks he's had young quarterbacks right Bobby Slowick a first year offensive coordinator in Houston this is going to be his first time being an offensive coordinator and if they decide to draft a quarterback with that second pick it'll be his first time with a young quarterback there is a difference in terms of what that play caller can do when he knows I have a guy that has that experience well and so the the idea that Frank Reich um, is in Carolina, and you take a look at the guys that he's had to develop. Absolutely. And w- you could even include himself in that process. I mean, you just see the photographs of of, of him dapping up all the <laughs> the guys that he has uh, put with. through the paces and yeah. been through in all the pro days, and you've seen him at those. He's eye-to-eye with C.J. Stroud, and clearly he's not with Bryce Young. Um, that he likes big guys, and that's why C.J. Stroud might be the choice of the Carolina Panthers. Did you get that sense at all? You know John? what? It's been interesting to have conversations because there's people in that building that I know really well. Josh McCown was a teammate of mine in Miami. We've yeah. stayed in touch the whole time. He actually, his, his kids come and train with us when we're in Texas. And so he's a guy that like, you know, I talk very openly to because whatever quarterback goes to Carolina, I want it to be the right fit for both. I want it to be the right fit for Carolina and the right fit for that quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they like both guys. I know that they, you know, they have things with both guys that they uh, that they see that they like that captures their like imagination. Hey, here's what we can do with this guy. Here's what we like with this guy. Um, CJ's a big body guy, big, you know, th- thick, strong legs, athletic for his build. I know they like that because when you got to play 17 games and you're getting hit uh, as as a quarterback. Size can help. I mean, I take one of the guys that I work with a lot, Dak Prescott. He's as built, as in shape, as muscular as they come. That 17-game season plus playoffs, that's still a beating on, on, on his body. Yes. Well, when you start thinking about, all right, now we're going to insert a young guy. He's going to make some mistakes. He's going to take some probably unnecessary hits just because he doesn't have the experience of the pro game yet. Uh, how's his body going to hold up through that course of a season? And that can impact a decision. 3D QB. Quarterback instructor John Beck is here in the Rich Eisen Show as part of the first uh, from the Combine to the Draft sponsored by Noble right here on the Rich Eisen Show. And Noble was all over the NFL scouting combine that I saw John at right here now, however, in Los Angeles studios of the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk C.J. Stroud now. Uh, when was the first time you met him? Was, was he also 14? Like Not the first 14. Time you met His Bryce was uh, high school okay. uh, out of Rancho Cucamonga. Uh, started coming down as he was kind of making that transition from high school to college. And then he's come out a handful of times each year uh, like while he was at Ohio State. Okay. Uh, Ohio State. Oh, you mean the Ohio State? The Ohio State. I'm sorry, I'm confused. I know. Sometimes I didn't. Been, I should have said the. That's okay, because you know it confuses. It could have been. Is uh, just, there like a Buckeye in here? Is that why that happened? Is that uh, a no? There's a Wolverine She's here. The, oh, we have a Buckeye in the back. Yeah, there's Buckeye stuff everywhere because yeah. um, you know for a while um, uh, I was writing checks that uh, that got cashed against me. Uh, around here, but as you know, the mm. last couple of years, uh, those checks have uh, have been returned to sender. Been returned. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah. but so so Stroud's abilities. I mean, we mentioned, uh, I guess, Young's of his many talents, his football intelligence. Stroud, I'm sure, has a significant one as well. What what are his strengths that could make him the first overall pick in this year's draft? Do you think? John? I love from a physical standpoint. I love the snappy whippiness of his arm. You want to talk a guy that can make throws effortlessly down the field. Um, he, he just, he has a way in small space, the way that he delivers the ball. And it's just with such amazing accuracy down the field. To me, I'm going to look at a vertical game. I'm going to look at deep crosses. I'm going to look at, you know, throws to the sideline at depth, like off play pass. Like, you know, I kind of look back at some of the like Norv Turner vertical passing game that's still in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Like, 
that Philip Rivers thrived in. Like, I kind of really like that type stuff for CJ. The other, other thing I love about him is his competitiveness. Whether it's on the football field, whether it's playing basketball, you can just tell the dude loves to compete, especially on the big stage. Like, here's a guy that came into Ohio State, played in big games, has really thrived, played in playoff games, had arguably his best game against Georgia. He was incredible. And I, incredible. And, like, I love when I see the guys play big in big games, you know? And it's not forced. It's just it's who they are. When they play their natural game, it shows up in big games that they play well, and I feel like CJ does that. And look, and I and I know uh, it's not game conditions because they're not wearing pads and there's no defense, um, but the combine's a pretty big stage. He was so great yeah. at the scouting combine and effortless. It looked effortless when the ball came out of his hands and he put it wherever he damn well wanted to. He was spectacular, and that kind of with Young, who didn't throw at the Combine, it flipped a script. Obviously, the script doesn't matter until we hear a name on the first night of the NFL draft. So I'm going to put you on the spot, if you don't mind. It's not like you've not been there before. Do you think the Panthers traded up for somebody specifically, and they're just kicking tires on it between now and then? What Do you think they knew who they were trading up to one to go get, John? I think they knew the type of player... And that had to fit, though. Like, for us to move up, for Carolina to move up, yes. there had to be that that player fit. I think that they considered that both fit that player. I don't think it was a move to get specifically Bryce in that moment or CJ in that moment. And I'm saying this just because of like talks that I had leading up to it yes. was about both guys. Oops, sorry, I hit the of mic course, right there. Go for it. It, it, like, it was about both guys. Yes. So I think what their comfort was was we can make this now, we can go up. And then we can make a decision. Like, I don't know if they've even made their decision yet. Maybe, like, maybe they have, maybe they haven't. But I think when the trade was made to go up there, it was, we consider that both of these guys can be that guy that we want to go get. Now let's do our due diligence. Let's take our time. Let's uncover every stone we can. And then let's go get the guy that we feel is not only, like, maybe the, their number one guy, but the guy that's going to fit what we want to do best. Well, I believe you completely. Uh, not the Hold on, let me say that. It's not like I think you're, you're giving me a line. But I just say I believe with the notion <clears throat> that they traded up for knowing that both guys would be just fine. And maybe they because, knew one. Maybe, like, well, we, we, like, we know one. Let's go find out about the other. But either way, now we can pick between the two. Because Correct, because Jim Moore Sr. told me so many times, that they were grinding tape on Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf till the very last second. And, and I'm like, get out of here. And that's even after, and Ryan you know, has sat in this chair many times, uh, confirmed that he did, in fact, when uh, the, the Colts asked Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf the same question, like, if we make you the first overall pick, what are you going to do? Peyton said, oh, I'll get in the playbook, I'll do this, I'll do that. And Ryan said, I'm going to go to Vegas and hang with my buddies. After that sort of, if you will, red flag, got raised, they still kick tires all the way to the end. So I understand that people, the teams grind, certainly when it's such an important position. Yeah. But when you, when you say it's a certain type, I mean, the type for Frank Reich is somebody who's over six feet. Like, that's and, the idea. Though. And when I, I say mean, type, I think it's, if you're going to take the number one pick and you're going to make him, you know, like you have the pick, so you're going to take a quarterback. Like, you don't want to be picking a top Ten pick again, yes. right? Especially for a quarterback, you want to say this is the guy that we pick at the top that we're going to roll with for a long time. Yes. So I think when you have that, it has to be not only does he fit the body type, and maybe he doesn't. Nowadays, I think that more people are open to it. May not be the traditional body type, but a special player. 
Like, if you're going to trade up, trade away future first-round picks and go pick number one, it's got to be this player that you feel like captivates all of the things that you want in a playmaker. Yes. Especially if you're a team picking at the top. Usually that means that there's some holes. There's things you got to, like, shore up. So you got to find a guy that can almost make up for a little bit of that. And that's why, to me, like, I don't know. Like, I know a lot of people say that Frank likes the bigger body type. But you can't argue with the ability that Bryce Young has to make plays when nothing's there, to create. And most teams, most coaches nowadays say, I want that guy. I want a guy that I know if things break down, if I don't call the perfect play, who's a guy that can find a way to make a play for me? Um, and not, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from CJ because he, he does a tremendous job at that as well. But I would say that's almost where a Bryce Young thrives in that. Okay. And you made a great statement earlier when I was in the green room, I heard it. Yes, sir. Teams don't want to be picking top again. Like, I think you were referencing the Seattle Seahawks saying, yes. hey, we don't want to be picking this That's high again. That's what Pete Carroll so, literally said to us on the 2nd of March when he called into this I've show. I've heard that from so many teams, so many coaches, not just this year, but in years past where they say, look, we don't want to be picking top five. We don't want to be picking top 10 again. So we have to look at quarterbacks because if we can get a quarterback at this pick from a money value standpoint, look what we save by not having to go out and sign a high-priced veteran. So then how would the uh, concept... Uh, as forwarded by my buddy, longtime friend, Adam Schefter, who knows quite a bit, that he's not sold on the idea that the Texans are going to take a quarterback second overall. How does that notion hit you as somebody who's as close to the situation as you are? I would almost bet that they've gone down that path. They, like, they have to go down both paths. They have to go down the path that says, okay, what if Carolina chooses quarterback A and we have quarterback B sitting there? Is that the person that we want to pick right now? Or is there somebody else that we can pick? And then that, like you said, opens up the door for Arizona now saying, thank you. Now you just slid quarterback B into our lap. And now all of a sudden we can send out a you know, trade. Now we can move out of that third pick. So, you know, to me, there's like these different notions of like, okay, do we need a quarterback that bad? Or do we need as an organization to take the best player available? And maybe uh, the highest player on their board could be a defensive player. Like who knows what it is? Some teams will say, if we're going to be the second pick and we have an opportunity to take a quarterback, let's get him because it could be right. And we don't have to overpay. It's not the, you know, the old years where you got to right. pay 60, 70 million guaranteed. It's not those years anymore, you know. Uh, but are we at a position as an organization where we just have to take the best overall player? But you're also talking to the Texans every now and then, obviously, and there you were at the pro days. I, I believe you said Bryce Young's pro day. You ran uh, I ran CJ's. CJ's yep, pro and Taylor day. Kelly ran Bryce's. It, right, from, from 3D QB. And so I, I don't, I, that would kind of, I, I know Will Anderson is really special. That's the guy I'm thinking who would cause them to say, Choice B at a quarterback spot versus Will Anderson. Maybe we do one over the other. Teams I like to talk think... to me about quarterbacks, yes. and they like to ask about the quarterbacks. Tell me what he's like off the field. Tell yes. me what he's like in the meeting rooms. Yes. Tell me what he was like training on the field. Talk about this. Talk about that. Nobody's talking about here's what we're thinking. They... Do you ever ask them? No. They always try to pin these things on me. They always try you, to pin what, like, what, what all right, what do you mean? You're, uh, you're the general manager. Which guy, you know, I'm like, no. What, between I'm the not, two guys that you're coaching? Oh, happens all the time. Come on. Happens all the time. Uh, and But like, they kind of do it with a laugh. Like, I know, like, yeah, I know you they, never. But they, they just want to hear something. Like, even, something. Just, even a split moment of clarity that they could or at least view as clarity. I know, and it's funny. I'm like, guys, don't try to put that on me. But, I mean, look, I love the conversations. Like, when I get an opportunity to talk with teams, I love talking ball. I love talking quarterbacks. I right. love talking about both those guys. Yes. CJ and Bryce love both those guys. They're special traits to both one of them. Um, 
But the thing is, is no team ever, ever, ever says, here's what we're thinking. I mean, they are just tight-lipped. They're not oh, showing their cards. Oh, yeah. Of course. Well, I mean, like McCown's not going to say, you no. know, hey, I'll, you know, I'll do you a solid. I'll tell you, tell, yeah. tell, tell one of your clients to... What, did he did he say to Stroud like what do you say to Stroud? No, I heard it was right. It was to Bryce, right, it, or something like that. Somebody said Mike caught something. I, I think it was to Stroud. He's like, you know, hey, when you come to Charlotte, was is that know? what it was? I mean, look, here's the thing. Like, I'm sure Josh. Josh is such a good dude, right? Yes, and yeah, he's, he's just, people. you know, he's trying to like be cool, help the person feel comfortable, and like he probably knows in his situation, right? Like he's not being the one that's going to make the pick. He's going to, you know, gather information. He he's going to learn what he can. He pound a table. He can pound a table. But if you've been in those situations, yeah. you know that like, I mean, I've heard of coaches pounding tables for guys and that's not the guy that ends up getting picked because you have the upstairs guys, you have the downstairs football guys, you have everybody that's going in on it and you have the owner, right? And a lot of the times at the end of the day, the owner owns the team. The check scratcher has the last he set. A, like, I'm sure those picks, when you're picking one and two, it's got to go through. <sighs> Here's what we think. And they're going to turn over to the owner. And they're going to say, what do you want to do? 3D QB, quarterback instructor, John Beck here in the Rich Eisen Show studio. From the Combine of the Draft is sponsored by Noble. Noble is the official Combine training partner of the NFL and the official on-field supplier of apparel and headwear for the NFL Scouting Combine. Let's take a break. I, I have so many other questions for you about your career, how you wound up here. And then obviously these aren't the only quarterbacks in the draft. Um, I, I have some questions, even though you don't coach them, about the other guys who are available. John All Beck right. is here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't you dare move. So much more to come on this busy Tuesday. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
John Beck back here on our radio network. <laughs> and, and so, uh, it, you know, you're being drafted into Miami, into that situation. Uh, obviously, it got totally blown up yeah. right after that 1-15 season. Yeah. This is also a, a tale about how you need to – to be successful in the NFL, you know, the nature versus nurture or anything like that, is it? you still do need it, no matter how talented you are, got to wind up in the right spot with a stable organization and a coach who's not going to be blown out. Or, yeah. And and if starters get hurt, that you, you can be ready, or if you're thrown into a situation, it, it really does matter where you're drafted. Absolutely. You know, I remember being uh, in that, time frame in my life and you just want to believe that like your mindset your grit your yeah. willingness to sacrifice and persevere is going to you know still get you to where you want to go right um and you know you go through experiences in life and you learn a lot and i'm i'm, I'm probably a better mentor and coach because of some of the things that i went through that yes. didn't help my my personal career but uh you're absolutely right like as i have spent years reflecting on the things i've learned as a pro athlete you learn just how important it is for quarterback development, especially early. Like you want to have positive things happen. You want to be able to have people that can truly mentor and help. And like we were talking about in the break, a guy like Josh McCown being a quarterback coach in that room and some of the things that uh, the guys on that staff have developed, they've, in, they've been through the paces. In Carolina. In Carolina, yeah. right. And so like you look at that and you say, if that group can stay together, the consistency those things can be there to help develop a young quarterback. But when you toss out the head coach, when you're changing playbooks, when it's people that come in the building, when it's not the GM that picked you, when it's not the head coach that picked you, Ugh. those things just make it tough on a young quarterback. It sure does, man. But you learn a lot. And That's right. I got to tell you, and, and, and again, I know one of your guys is going to wind up in Carolina. I, I look at them, and I think to myself, they, whoever goes there, you got Frank Reich, my goodness, and McCown, and Jim Caldwell, yep. and Deuce Staley, we had Miles Sanders on the program saying that's why he went to Carolina. He's he loves Deuce. So you got Miles Sanders to run it. They picked up Adam Thielen to catch, right? Yep. I know they traded DJ Moore away to get the right to choose whoever one of your clients is going to be fortunate to be first overall. It just seems to be a, a great position uh, for anybody to be drafted there. John Beck here on the Rich Eisen show. Let's talk Anthony Richardson, if you don't mind. I know you don't you don't yeah. coach him. The idea is that he needs some time. Uh, maybe full year. You said you were on the. You told the you, that the Dolphins put you on the quote unquote Aaron Rodgers plan when they drafted you. It was yeah. gonna be, do you think he does need to sit? I think? mean, here's what I'll say about all quarterbacks. I think it helps all quarterbacks to spend some time learning, developing, growing, yes. watching somebody run the offense effectively. I know that there's those guys like a Matt Ryan, a Joe Flacco, a Justin Herbert, where they play early and you look at it and things things are working right. A lot of the times run game, defense, play pass, like those things can help a young quarterback. But sure. let's say you don't have those things, right? Yeah, it's just, it, it makes it tougher. I look at Anthony and I see somebody that's extremely talented, right? You don't have to be a quarterback coach to be able to recognize physical gifts. The guy's physically talented. I've never sat in the meeting room with him. I've never sat in the offensive, you know, watching the game after the game, going yes. over stuff with him. I don't know how he processes, but you look at talent and you say, Based off of what I know about quarterbacks and how much it can help a quarterback to spend some time, I would assume that he would be a guy that with given the right time, it's going to benefit him, especially if he can watch somebody perform it successfully. I think one of, the, one of the toughest things is when you're playing young as a quarterback in a struggling situation, you're not watching the offense run the way that maybe like it can be efficiently. Yes, You're watching the offense kind of sputter, sputter, sputter. Okay, now it's your turn to go in and see if you can make something happen. Well, when you're a young quarterback and you're being asked to do better than a veteran that's been there before, like, and he's sputtering, that can be tough. 
Um, so to him, I, I think, man, like getting him in a situation where he can watch somebody run an effective NFL offense and learn and grow from that and especially have a veteran quarterback that's willing to share. You know, sometimes a quarterback can kind of like put his foot in the ground and say, I'm not here to mentor a young guy. That's not my job. I'm here to win football games. And I respect that mindset, right? That, that, that's why they're being paid millions to win football games. Right. But there's also those guys that they understand I was once a young guy. I know what it's like to have questions. I know what it's like to try to learn. And that's why somebody like, I played with Josh McCown. I know he's going to be a fantastic coach because he's been that guy. He was that guy for Sam Darnold. He's been that guy for so many young quarterbacks. I'm here to win football games, but I also want to understand what it's like to be in your shoes. I'll help you develop. I do think for Anthony, that can help. Well, Vegas might be a spot for him, and obviously Jimmy G might fit that yeah. good, good guy, veteran, who can who can wants to win games but will help somebody develop, although they would have completely different skill sets, I would think. Um, and then there's the idea that he might wind up in Indianapolis where there's a, a new head coach, Shane Steichen, who who did have Herbert yeah. you know, as a quarterback's coach when he was a rookie. We just saw what Jalen Hurts was able to do over the last couple of years. Yep. But there's no veteran that's sitting right there pretty much, right? No, and yeah. The cupboard is totally bare it on is. that front. I love Shane. I've known Shane for a long time, and I think he's great for young quarterbacks. Like you said, yeah. helping develop Justin Herbert, really getting Jalen really on that track to be a premier player in the league that he is. So he, he's a guy that does have experience. But you're right. Like, you know, uh, Indy probably has some things that they have to figure out in terms of that quarterback room. If they do bring in a, you know, a top pick at quarterback, is their plan to start him right away? Is their plan to have a veteran there? I mean, I just think like, you know, um, and I know you and I talked a little bit of Zach Wilson during the break, right? Yes. Like I look at a player like Zach who has tons of talent, like he, it would have benefited him when he first got to New York to have a veteran there um, that could really kind of just him watch and learn from because you learn so much from watching a guy go out to practice, watching how he functions in the meeting room, watching how he watches his own tape, being able to ask him questions on the sideline. Like I remember being a second year player in the league, a whole new staff comes in, they bring in Chad Pennington. Although that second year I never played in a game, I learned so much from Chad Pennington. Being a young quarterback in the league, having somebody that you can just watch and soak mm -hmm. in information from helps so much. Some guys really need it. Well, I want to put a pin in Zach Wilson for a second and we'll return to that. I'll pull the pin out in a second, which is not a, a you know, a, a euphemism for anything about what's going on with him in New York. But um, would you mind telling the story about when you first met Anthony Richardson? I kind of overheard you tell that story at the oh, combine. Oh, yeah, that's right, the combine. That's and right. I, you, you, it, you, yeah, you were sitting by Daniel Jeremiah yeah, and I. That's right. I, I just love this story. I'm throwing with, I believe it was either Jay Kaner or Jaron Hall. We were warm, like, you know, throwing in the combine. Like, you have all those days leading up to the, you know, the actual field day that you're not touching a football. So, yes. you know, we're throwing balls there in the convention center. Let him throw a little bit. And this guy standing next to me is in a, I think he was in a hoodie. I assumed it was a defensive player. I, I assumed it was a linebacker and I'm throwing the ball back and he's like, oh, still spinning it, huh? And I'm like, oh, those days are past, man. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is their turn to do this. And the mm -hmm. guy was super cool, super kind. And I'm thinking this is a defensive player leaving this meeting room and he's just wanting to chat a little bit. And so I walk back over to the quarterbacks and they go, hey, what did Anthony Richardson say to you? <laughs> and I was like, I didn't, I didn't talk to Anthony Richardson. They're like, that guy that was standing there in the hoodie, that was Anthony Richardson. And I was like, I thought that was a linebacker. <laughs> He's that big. Yeah, physically just, you know, I mean, I he just, that. he looks the part, right? Wow. Jeez, he sure yeah, does. I, I had, I mean, and it's no knock, right? Like I'd watched a bunch of Anthony's games, but I'm right. watching with a helmet on. Like yeah, sure. I don't have everybody memorized without their helmet on of what they look like. And just based off of his structure, <laughs> I mean, you see it in that picture, like the neck, the frame, how wide his shoulders were. I mean, I just... 
I assumed I'm talking to a linebacker that's a you know good dude wanting to chat it up a little so bit. I guess, and 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 with Will Levis too, he's yoked yeah, up also. Yeah. So where where do you think would be a good fit for him? Just off the top. Gosh, of your head? It's, you know it's so tough because you can sit there and say, hey, here's the fits, but the reality of the draft is you have these teams that feel pressed to make a pick, pressed too, just like we talked about Seattle. I'm now picking potentially in the top eight picks. I don't want to be here potentially drafting a quarterback again. I want to get it right. I want to pick a guy that, you know, by the NFL terms nowadays is cheap. First round quarterbacks yes. are essentially the cheapest quarterback that you can find to be a, you know, a premier type guy. So, I mean, it's tough because um, I know the offense that Shane's going to be running in, in Indy. And I see things like, I know Will more than I know Anthony. I've never thrown with Anthony. Will has come out and done some work with us in the offseason. Has yes. a tremendous arm, like physically you know, super gifted arm. He refers to it as the cannon yeah. that he brought to the combine. So he, wants he is to show really it physically gifted, right. um, you know, and you see him take off with the football. You see him run. One of the things that I try to tell people is I know my quarterbacks that I train better than the other guys, because I actually get to sit down in a film room with them. Yes. And I get to say, talk me through your offense. I want to talk about your best games. Let's pull up your worst game of the year. And I make them, let's talk through your worst game. Let's talk through what you were thinking. So it's like, I can feel in depth how they're processing things. That's my only thing. Like with Anthony and Will and those guys, like I can talk about what I see physically more so Will because of some time spent with him on the field, but I can't talk about how they process the game. That to me is something I really got to sit in a meeting room with a guy to get to know him. Do you think teams bring these players in to have those exact conversations without any desire to draft them just so they know what their weaknesses are if they face them later on in their professional playing career? Like you see some teams sitting way down in the teens, having some of these guys. And I understand you got to do your due diligence. They could drop down. But do you think there's that aspect of this evaluation season, John Beck, where somebody's bringing somebody in and asking them, What's your, what was your biggest weakness? What was the, which player gives you the most trouble? Draw it up so we're, we're, we can help you with that if you come here. I mean, I don't... Fully banking that to know what their defense needs to be dialed up against that guy if it, they face him. It's not a bad thought. It would have to come from a defensive-minded coach Belichick. Or, or yeah like yeah like that because <laughs> no I'm, I'm, like like because you only get so many yeah right like you only get you can bring 30 players to your place you Correct. can only do so many private visits when you're at the combine and you have your little meeting room yeah you have a slotted number um you know i will say every year there are times that quarterbacks that i train yes they have a visit with a certain team and i'm like that's kind of interesting that that team is bringing you in you know like I wonder why. I wasn't assuming that they were going to pick a quarterback yes. in that spot or whatnot. Um, you know, so I do sometimes wonder what it is. The other thing that's surprising is the teams that you assume would be picking quarterbacks that don't bring some quarterbacks into their meeting room. And you're like, that's kind of odd. I thought for sure they would. So there is definitely a chess game going on. The bigger chess game that I think happens is when teams assume, I think teams think we may take a quarterback. We know we're not going to, but let's bring guys in to do the meetings <sighs> for trade. Because if a team assumes that we all of a sudden are going to take a quarterback, they may try to jump us. Another team might have tried to go get that guy. So now we can position ourselves for a trade to add more value, to get more picks. So like we know our plan. Let's bring some guys in for that. I think sometimes when those meetings are called, sometimes it's just for for draft to be able to potentially get get more picks. I, I heard the Broncos didn't never even brought Cutler in before they yeah. drafted him. Like that's I've heard example. the same story. Never talked to him. Never did a meeting with him. Didn't what, do a private workout. What the picked hell? Him. Yeah. And then they picked him. I know. I tell guys all the time, like, look, like, don't just assume that because these three or four teams are showing you a lot of love that that's where you're going to end up. 
Like you don't know what team mm-hmm. I won't without exposing certain teams because ah. I've had this conversation. Yes. Some teams will purposefully not go to the pro day, purposefully not be around the quarterback after the draft because they know they like him and they don't want anybody else to know that they're interested. Well, the Colts didn't even have a, a half the, the the quarterbacks available in this draft, apparently in their meeting rooms at the combine, yeah, from what I heard. Sometimes they do that because they know we're going to bring him to our place I anyway. Know. They have informals. Yeah, it's called yeah, an informal. It's all that type like, of stuff. Hey, just look who we're running into in yeah. the hallway. You know? well, but, or they'll set up the ones where they bring the whole group out. Like Everybody knows this now, but the, you know, the Colts have been going around sure. to – Bryce, CJ, Jaron, those quarterbacks, uh, you know, probably Anthony, probably Will, where they bring the entire brass, right? It's GM, it's it, it, it's like player personnel, it's 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 offensive coaches. It's they bring the whole group, and boom, 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 we're gonna go meet everybody. So why do we need to bring him in at the combine if we know we're gonna go do I this? Guess, yeah, it was Tepper Palooza with all the at the, all the pro days, you know, like the whole Panthers from the Tepper family oh, yeah. all the way down. They had everybody. They did. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to take a break and have one more segment. Yeah, with you. all good. I appreciate it because, you know, you mentioned Zach Wilson, and I need a little bit of runway for that. Uh, so I've got John Beck right here on the Rich Eisen Show studio, the comedian Stephen Wright, now our number three. Um, that's next. More John Beck. I want to talk about Zach Wilson and what might be going on with your protege. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. All right, this segment's for us because uh, TJ, you heard uh, John mention he he's coaches Dak, and 
Chris, you have a set. You have a question for for, uh, I, for John as I well. I have more of a, a macro question. Like, why is it so difficult to evaluate these guys? Like, why are half of first round quarterbacks considered busts? Like, what makes it so difficult to evaluate? Great question. Yeah, that's an awesome question. I mean, my answer is probably not going to be the perfect answer. It's just going to be based on a lot of my opinions. Um, but what I would say is, you know, you take a quarterback that excels in college. They have reasons for why they're excelling in college. Coaches are going to do, NFL coaches are going to do all they can to learn why that guy was successful, Yes. the areas that maybe he needs to improve, the weaknesses, and they're going to try to develop a guy. I think that every coach, when, the, when it starts, they have a plan in place of how they're going to develop a guy. But then it's like, have you ever heard that like boxing quote? I, th- I think Bill Walsh used to use it. Everybody has a plan until they've been punched in the face, <laughs> right? Like you just, you don't know how it's going to shake down. So I think all coaches, they have like a genuine plan and then... Boom, season starts. And whether it's we're going to have a veteran that's going to go first and we're going to develop the young guy or we're going to start the young guy, you have all these things that also you don't know everything about that player because you weren't in the meetings with him every day. You weren't actually the one that was out of the practice field. Like you're trying to acquire in a few months information to help you make that decision of do we draft him or not. The other thing is who knows how it's going to shake down during the season? Who knows what injuries are going to take place? Who knows the actual situation you drop that that young player into. So, you know, uh, there's windows of opportunity. There's windows of time. A coach may think, I have three years to develop this quarterback. Ten games into the rookie year, that guy's played five games. It's been up and down. His confidence has taken a little bit of a beating. Now the coach feels like he's on the hot seat. Something else happens. Like, there's just all these factors that are out of everybody's control that really impact the development of that player. So I think the process of evaluating, it's a little flawed because of how fast it has to happen. You get, what, January, February, and March, and a little bit of April to determine if this guy's going to fit your organization. A lot of the teams that pick high in the draft, they're piecing together their staffs as well. They don't totally know how their staff's going to come together. They're also trying to figure out what type of football team they have. What are they going to major in? What are they going to minor in? What are our strengths? If we lose key pieces, now that makes that job that much tougher on us as coaches and on a young quarterback. And so that's why I think, like Rich said earlier in the show, like, there are so many things that you just don't know how it's going to play out, yet they impact a young quarterback so much. And there's a statement that floats around coaching circles, and I, I don't know if the, you know, the media hears it as much, but within coaching circles, it's this league is really good at not developing, at hurting quarterbacks. It's far better at hurting quarterbacks than it is at helping quarterbacks. And that's why you see a large percentage of quarterbacks. It just doesn't work out for him. Well, let's get micro then on, on Zach Wilson, who was uh, a guy that you coached from BYU all the way to uh, his drafting. And the Jets even brought you on the roster, uh, on the coaching staff to, to help you to help out with Zach. What do you say to a Jet fan who's wondering what happened with Zach Wilson the last two years? Well, you know, I can't think there's anything that, the, that I can sit in this chair and say that's going to, you know, make them change what they f- probably have in their mouth right now, right? Like that taste, right? Like, you know, and Zach, quite honestly, if he was sitting in this chair answering these questions – he should, should and would say the same thing. Like, hey, it did not go like I would have liked. Um, Zach's extremely talented. He's very passionate. Those things will never change about the kid. Um, I love the way he works, and I believe in that dude a lot. And I think that there's good things in store for him. Um, and like any quarterback that has gone through tough things, there's a better version of yourself on the other side. Now, it takes some things from the organization, right? Like, they still have to have faith. They still have to have some patience. I think this Aaron Rodgers situation can be great for Zach. Because what would have benefited him in year one, he may be getting in year three. It would have been great to have them take Zach and have a veteran there just through the first part of the season, through training camp, through something. But the second that Zach got there, he was like the guy. 
You know, and it didn't work. It didn't work like Zach hoped. It didn't work like the Jets hoped. Well, why would you say that? Why didn't it work that? Oh, there's a lot of reasons. There's there's things that are you know within Zach's control, and I can speak to him of uh, just you know about him of some throws that he can improve on. Um, there were times that you know there were throws that even he knows I got to be able to make those throws. I got to be able to do that, and that's the area that Zach can improve on. I think that there's some things you know that organizationally everybody's trying to make the best decision at the time. And I, you know, and I want it to be known, like, I think Robert Sala is a tremendous coach. My interactions with Coach Sala were awesome. Um, and there's a lot of dudes in that building that I think are great people, great coaches. I have a ton of hope for the Jets as an organization. I have friends there, um, and I think that there's really good things in store for them. It did not work out with Zach like they hoped, but that does not mean that it's the end of Zach Wilson. You know, well, uh, what about maybe Zach Wilson, end of him in New York? Yeah, I mean, because, I, I, like, I, I don't I know. Mean, even if Rodgers... The whole concept is I've been talking about it every single day here, and I, you know, I'm a Jet fan. I'm from New York. I talk to a whole bunch of people. Is that Rodgers has to come because Wilson's toast? Like that's the sense right now, and I'm wondering how that lands with him and how that could possibly be put back together. I'll yeah. say this: I like the challenge that Zach gets to have in his life to have yeah. this happen. You know, we were talking about Steve Young and the things that he had to go through. If yes. you talk to Steve, he'll talk about how those things made him stronger. Um, my hope for Zach is that whether he's a Jed or how long all that, like, let's not worry about that, right? Okay. Like for Zach Wilson as a human being, as a quarterback and all of that, I believe this is a great opportunity to Zach, for Zach to feel this challenge, to accept it, to improve on the areas of his game that he needs to improve on, and then to just grind, to just go, to just compete, to let this thing, like right now the excitement in New York is about Aaron Rodgers. You're bringing one of the best to ever do it mm -hmm. to New York. Let that be the excitement. All right, Zach, put some blinders on and just work. Just grind. Just get after it. Because that's what that kid's really good at. That's what got him to be a great player at BYU, and that's what got him to the number two draft pick in the draft. It's because of those things. And you know what? He got shaken off of his course a little bit. He got tossed off the, like, out of the truck. And, uh, you know, for the Jet fans to be frustrated, like, it's, you know, it's rightfully so, right? Like, it didn't work. But like I said earlier, like, I'm excited for Zach's opportunity. Whether it's a Jet or whatnot, like, you know, he can't worry about that. That's out of his control. I do know that there's people in the building that still believe in him. Mm -hmm. um, I still believe in him. I know Zach still believes in himself. And quite frankly, that's all that matters uh, is that he feels that way about himself because we don't know how this is going to shake down. I've watched a number of players in the NFL land in whatever happens after those first bumps in situations that help propel them. I mean, look, I'll just use this. Um, we brought Drew Brees in. Or I shouldn't say we brought. Drew came down to yeah. talk to our draft quarterbacks. Right. And it was awesome. Watched tape with him, shared his experiences with him. And he talked about being benched three times. Three times in San Diego. They went and drafted Phillip Rivers in the first round oh, while yeah. he was there. Oh, yeah. Because they had planned on, look, we might be moving on from Drew Brees. And he's one of the greatest to ever do it. you know. And uh, it was because of what he went through. It was because of the way that he had to be challenged for himself. And this just pops in my head too. Steve Young has this amazing moment with Stephen Covey, the guy that wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People where he challenged Steve and said, do you want to find out how good you can be? And that was like a, a moment for Steve when light went off inside, like, yeah, that's my ultimate goal, to find out how good I can be. And I think that's for Zach in this situation. Like, no, it has not gone well, like everybody hoped, but that doesn't mean the story's written. You know, we're in chapter three. Who knows how long this book is? And for him, it's going to be, go find out how good you can be. Go accept this challenge. Learn from Aaron. You're going to get a great experience to be around him. Just go challenge yourself and find out how good you can be. I got about two minutes left. Um, do you want to ask him a question about Dak? I know what I would ask about Dak. Sure. Well, TJ. 
your question might be better. But to me personally, you know, John, we have these tiers where we rank quarterbacks, right? You know, you have your your tier one was always like, you know, the Brady, the Rodgers, the Mahomes. And then you'd find Dak. He'd always be around level tier, level two, tier two, tier three. What does Dak have to do to improve, to like raise himself up to that tier one level and lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl? Does he have it in him, do you believe? Absolutely. Dak is one of my favorite guys to train because he has everything in him. He pushes himself. uh, He holds himself to such a high standard. Um, Mentally, he's one of the best guys I've ever been around at taking any situation that could throw somebody off their game and turning it into a challenge that he accepts, he thrives in, he goes after it. He said pressure makes diamonds. I mean, he's used a a lot of of phrases. So I guess to put a final... To me, it's the team. Like... This is a team sport at the end of the day, and I'm not saying that the Cowboys haven't lived up to what they should be. At the end of the day, Dak is always going to put a ton on himself. He's always going to look back and say, what could I have done differently? Well, the one thing he has to do differently is, and and again, i got about 90 seconds left here, is is to stop throwing interceptions. I don't know how how one does something like that, because every interception has its own fingerprint. It's not always on the quarterback. Yeah. It's sometimes on a coordinator. It's sometimes on a receiver. But how do you do that? I mean, look, they're, they have things that they're talking about, about, hey, why did this happen? You know, what can we learn from it? Dak is not an interception-prone quarterback. This last year, there were more yeah. than there have been. But that's not because that's who he is, right? He's not this guy that's taking chances that he shouldn't. Uh, I think that he's going through a process where he's going to be able to learn, why did that happen this year? Because that hasn't been his story over the course of his career. So... They're like they're gonna learn from it. Um, look, I'm a big believer in like bouncing back higher. Sometimes those moments when you have a season that goes like, ah, oh, man, we were this close. Sometimes the lessons you learn from the this close or almost there is what propels you to get over that hump. So I don't know. I, I just I'm always excited for Dak because I know the type of guy that he is. And yeah, there were some interceptions this last year, but like I know that dude, and he's gonna come back and he's 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 grinding already. I was just at his place like a few days ago. He's grinding. And there's excitement in Dallas, as there always is, and there's expectations in Dallas that there always is, but he's going to handle things the right way. John, I really appreciate the time, man. I mean, this is great. I could, I could spend the whole rest of the show with you again because I have so many other questions about this draft, but uh, congrats on your success, 3D QB. Uh, the private quarterback instructor, John Beck, right here on the Rich Eisen Show, a full third hour coming up. Don't go anywhere. I do have about 90 seconds left, so I want to ask you one last question. Do you think Thursday night of the draft, Roger Goodell goes to the podium and we still don't know who the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers first overall is going to be? I think that everybody else might not know, but I think that quarterback will know. I'm just going to reference what kind of took place with the Joe Burrow situation. Like Uh the Cincinnati Bengals, once they knew, it became preparation time for that quarterback. Like you're going to come into camp and we're going to start preparing you now before the draft. I think that... That quarterback will know, and the people in that quarterback's camp will know leading up to it because they're going to start the process of, look, instead of us doing meetings to keep asking questions about you, let's start talking ball. Okay, so then let me just do something for me here. Can you tell Stroud and tell Bryce Young to tell their camps to just keep their mouth shut? I I want complete, total lack of knowledge. (laughs) I want, but you think the Panthers... We'll have it. Obviously, the name will be on the card, but that kid is going to be sitting in the green room, not nervous at all. I mean, to me, I would, I will, like, I would assume just because. But I mean, look, I the heck if I know, you know, like I'm taking a like a like like a guess because if I was in that position and I knew the week going into it that I knew who I was going to take, yeah, 
I would want to take that extra week because time is so limited now. Coaches have such a limited window to work with guys in the offseason. There's yeah. so many restrictions. Every new CBA that happens, it's less and less time for coaches to be with the player. So, so man, start the process as soon as you can. Once you know, start installing, start talking ball, start learning your guy. Thanks, John Beck. You're the yep. best. Thanks,